0: Hi, Jean-François. Hi, Anand. Today, my guest is Jean-François Côté. He's a professor at the Laval University in Quebec City in Canada. He works with Combinator Optimization, Stochastic Programming, integer Programming, applied to packing, routing, scheduling problems. He published many interesting papers in important journals, such as Operations Research, Transportation Science, Informational Journal Computing, EJOR, and so on. So Jean-François, thank you very much for accepting the invitation. And how are you?
1: Thank you. I'm good. I'm good. Despite um, the pandemic,
0: it's... Uh, relax. It's relax. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that you could share some of your stories uh, with us uh, today and uh, how did everything start uh, are you, where are you originally from you are you from Quebec
1: I uh, was born in Ottawa the capital of Canada um, and then my dad was in the, in the army, and uh, here, I don't know how it is in Brazil, but they move you around uh, everywhere, so we moved to another city uh, a year or two later, then a sister was born, and then we moved to another city, and uh, another sister was born. And then at some point, uh, we were far in the the north, and uh, at some point, uh, my dad was uh, tired of the army, so he decided to quit. And uh, he went working for a company who was doing business with the west of Germany. And when the wall uh, collapsed, uh, this company uh, went bankrupt because now the west could uh, buy stuff in the east and uh, the company had no more customers, and uh, he lost his job, so we went uh, in the Montreal region to live. And uh, that's it. Uh, uh, we moved around a bit in, uh, in Quebec. Okay.
0: So, how old were you when you arrived at, in Montreal?
1: Oh, maybe 12, 13 years old.
0: Ah, uh, okay. So, uh, when you were like... You said you were at some point to live in the very north part of Canada. But was yeah. it uh, still in Quebec oh, or? It's not
1: very north, I don't know, six hours from uh, from Montreal. But the temperature difference is uh, is big. Uh, maybe in Montreal you get maybe two meters of snow per year, a bit less, and there maybe it's six. Uh, and it's below uh, minus 30, it's, yeah, sometimes below minus 30 easily there. And uh, Montreal it, it's it's rarer.
0: So you're a French speaker since a uh, very young age, then?
1: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Until, uh, until I, I went in Italy for... Uh, <laughs> I went out of the country uh, to speak English. So uh, I, I was speaking French all my life.
0: Right. You don't actually have to leave your country to, to practice English. <laughs> you can maybe yeah. go to another state. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, but there were no opportunities, uh, everybody you meet speak French, so I guess it's like this in Brazil, you speak with everybody, uh, Portuguese and uh, yeah.
0: So and, uh, uh, any any stories from that period, uh, when your par- your father was in the army, or you had a quiet childhood?
1: No, it's like everybody, I think, it was quiet and uh, nothing mm-hmm. much happened. Mm-hmm um yeah
0: so at some point uh, when you you did uh you went to school and you have to choose a career and can you describe how was the process of choosing the undergraduate yeah, course that part,
1: that part um, i wasn't very good at school until uh, i had a computer and i had my first programming class I had a great retention when I was uh, maybe 13 or 14. So I lost a year of my life uh, because I was a stupid teenager. And a few years later, I got a computer, everybody had a computer. My parents bought me one and uh, I got a programming class in Visual Basic. Then I fell in love with programming and uh, mathematics. And suddenly, I became uh, better at school. So so after that, it was quite clear that I wanted to, uh, uh, to... I wanted to be a programmer at the beginning. So here, before university, there is a... We call it CEGEP. It's, uh, it's between high school and university. And you can get a technical formation. And I went there to be... Uh, to have uh, this technical formation in uh, programming and uh, later on at the end you have an internship and I went working for a company and I had to do uh, software to to schedule people but nothing related to operations research it's just like uh, I had to record the schedule of these guys and uh, when they come in uh, the office they have to punch and uh, When they go out, they have to punch and uh, in this place, they had, um, they were cutting steel. Mm. You'll see me coming. (laughs) They were cutting huge plate of steel with a a laser. And the guy was explaining to me that like this, this is very costly. And uh, like you want to maximize the use of of this steel. So you don't want a bunch of uh, pieces that you cannot do anything with. And then I said, oh, that's, that's, that's interesting, and that's cool. And then um, Saturday morning, I wake up, and, oh yeah, maybe I can do some kind of uh, algorithms to, to put pieces together inside a, a big piece. And uh, I, I coded something, it was uh, awfully slow. <laughs> and <laughs> I didn't know the name of this problem. And... Uh, didn't know how to to like you know how to code it uh, like the, the the culture of the of the algorithms around it and the data structures i had no idea i did some things with dictionaries and it was it was very bad thinking of it now it uh, wasn't so bad but uh, when you compare it with uh, some other algorithms in the literature but it, it was bad and at that time uh, that's a bit later, I, I, I didn't know what, what it was like this uh, packing problem and uh, when I decided to choose university there was this operation research uh, field like that, that was there and uh, oh, it's interesting and I went at the, the University of Montreal in uh, computer science And that's how I uh, started uh, at the university.
0: So you went from a troublemaker kid to a a a good boy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's nice. Uh, I think you, you had, uh, you need some, some, something to that really, uh, get your attention so you can put your efforts on it. And Yeah. yeah. So you, it's nice that you found something that you'll enjoy doing and so how was the college years
1: college years college years were very interesting uh, you know i was uh, my parents were living in the suburbs and uh, always have the t- two or three same friends that you see <laughs> <laughs> then you arrive there at the university your friends are not there anymore and there is these thousands of people that you meet, and you you go uh in the uh, student association, you meet people, you have fun uh, parties like it was the start of university was uh, was like that trying to and stay uh, sober
0: <laughs> <easily>.
1: <laughs> yes yeah exactly um was like that, and um at the beginning, I, I had a technical formation, so I was uh, I was not going to every classes uh, uh, there was. So uh, I remember the two first uh, programming classes were in uh, Java, and uh, I wasn't going there. Like learning uh, if and for loops, I knew that, so I wasn't going there and. Uh, Funny thing is that uh, the second uh, programming class was given by Jean Yves Potvin. Wow. And I wasn't going to his classes. <laughs> 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 then uh, someday he gave no homework, uh, like we have to code an algorithm to solve the TSP. I think it was the, uh, what's the name of this algorithm? Like best, uh, not best fit, uh, cheapest, cheapest insertion. Uh, insertion. Yeah, okay yeah we had to do that uh, that's interesting and I played around it the whole weekend and I searched on internet and there was this uh, website vrp web that I guess everybody knows now found that oh yeah there is this other problem called the capacitated vehicle routing oh that's
0: interesting
1: continue working on that and uh, well, I sent my TSP work, and that went fine, and then I continue playing with the the algorithm, trying to find better solutions, and at some point, I, I, I get a a cost that is lower than uh, one of the solutions that was reported there. That's cool. Then I went to see Jean-Yves, and I, I talked with him a bit, and uh, uh, told him of my solution. He said, oh, yeah, but, uh, you know, uh, we have to minimize the number of drivers first. <laughs> so, oh, <laughs> I didn't know. And uh, so I had the cheapest solution, but uh, was using more drivers. And uh, yeah, at the end of that semester, that was the end of the first year and uh, I had nothing for the summer. And uh, at the same time, I had a class with um, first operations research class with Bernard Gendron and I quite enjoyed it. And I had nothing, I talked with Bernard and asked him if he had uh, some stuff. And he gave my name to another colleague, Theodore Krinik. I don't know if you know
0: him. Yeah yeah sure.
1: And he he had a job. He interviewed me, but at the end he didn't take me. <laughs> It would have it had happens, a great student <laughs> yeah
0: what are you describing you know since like at finding uh uh feasible solutions or finding improved solutions that we think uh you know it's uh something really important and then you realize later on that it was a bug or you uh just did not understand the problem properly it happens to all of us and then yeah. you try to look for opportunities and sometimes you're accepted sometimes not so it's uh it's a normal path yeah yeah so actually, I'm yeah. surprised that you uh, you you heard of OR before entering the university. That's yeah. That's not common. Yeah, because of this
1: uh, packing cutting uh, stuff at the the company, but I didn't know the name at the time. <coughs> so I didn't know ah, it was okay. cutting and packing. It was just like, oh well, yeah, there is those boxes. You put them inside this area and it was playing around. It's much later than. Maybe ten years no, like yeah, maybe seven years later that I learned that it was packing problem.
0: But after one two years uh, uh, of uh, your bachelor course, you already yeah. met very big names. Uh, but at that time, probably you were not quite aware they were so uh, important. Maybe no.
1: Yeah, maybe later later on. Uh, I didn't met all of them. I met Jean uh, Jean-Yves uh, quite early. Michel, uh, I met him because, uh, as I was saying, um, so I didn't have the interview for a job during the summer, and then uh, Jean-Yves uh, was involved in a company called uh, Why Wait For You? And they were looking for somebody uh, uh, to call the algorithm, so he, he sent me a mail, they are looking for somebody, so i applied i got the job and then they were
0: waiting for you you to start
1: (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) and uh i worked the whole summer and we uh, we had had to do an algorithms for the um, courier express so you have to do pickups and delivery inside a single day it was a dynamic problem was very tough Uh, it was was very very tough and uh michelle was also involved uh, with th- with this company so i learned a bit uh, with those two. and uh, it didn't go well this company went ba- bankrupt well they closed the doors uh they, w- they had no customers uh there were two associates there they uh, they, they, they had a fight and one of them left and uh, yeah
0: it happens. Uh, yeah, it happens this was early 2000s late 90s uh 2000s 5 6 7 oh okay so when did you join the the university 2005 oh really you started yeah uh you you started university only in 2005 then
1: i lost a lot of time uh, earlier yeah, yeah. grade retention then you know, like grade retention. So you think of yourself, well, uh, I'm not very good, so I won't take any risk. I will take the easiest classes. When you take the year, when you take the easiest classes, like you, you cannot do uh, computer science. You, you cannot go in sciences. So I have to spend another uh, year uh, doing.
0: Uh, so how old were you when you actually joined the university?
1: Mm, maybe 22. Uh, I see. Yeah, I was I was old.
0: No, yeah, but it's uh,
1: compared to the other guys that they they are eighteen. Uh, I, I was a bit older.
0: Do you think the fact that your your dad moved around, like because you're part of the army, uh, affected you somehow in your behavior, as a at a young age?
1: That's a, that's a good question. Uh, I had difficulty integrating uh, when we moved. Uh, people there, they have a different accent. So when I arrived, well, people were making fun of me, and I had no friend. And and there in this place, uh, it's the outdoor. So I was uh, uh, I was catching uh, hair, hairs. <laughs> yeah, every every two days I was going uh, looking for the my traps if I had caught any hairs. Uh, so. Th- Plenty of things outdoor, like playing outdoor all the time, winter, summer. Uh, there was a military base uh, at the end of the field behind our house, and uh, like in the the forest there, there was a, an old airplane, and uh, you know a, a military airplane. There were no three, there were three military airplanes. So imagine a, a young guy, ten years old, seeing this, and it was a. Uh, broken and we were going there playing so you take me there and then you put me inside the big city and uh, i didn't enjoy that part
0: Mm. i see so maybe Maybe. that that had some impact on you because when you move around you you kind of once you're in some certain place you start making friends and then you move elsewhere and then you kind of miss your old friends and you have to adjust yourself and as a kid and as a teenager that can be very hard as you mentioned some some people can, when you're the new guy around they can mock you they can make fun of you and oh yeah
1: i got that a lot
0: <laughs> and now you're giving back right
1: <laughs> no unfortunately
0: <Yeah. laughs> yes uh, uh but I'm, I'm saying that because uh, there are my there might be other people that are watching that also started late at university or has have some problem in engaging themselves in groups or finding friends and that's perfectly normal. Um and, yeah. you know in your life. Um so sometimes you just see you now like you're a very happy guy, you joke around, we all love you, but uh maybe uh you, you there was a process, uh, I mean not it, it was not always like that probably and then uh, you were you were telling me all the stuff. It's it's yeah crazy. yeah. Interesting.
1: I had some rough times, but I'm well. I'm guessing a lot of people had the rough times. Yeah.
0: And, uh, so it's nice to show that you overcome all that and you you find yourself, uh, like, you really, uh, fo- you found something that you really liked, and yeah. From that point onwards, I think you 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 got the, the right track, and that's nice. So you you were there like. It, the summer was over, you, the, the company was over? That you were working well, for? Uh, well,
1: uh, first summer, uh, so we had to deliver uh, our software to this company and we failed. Uh, the guy didn't like our, our roots. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's always the same problem in VRPs. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I went back to the university and uh, I think I was working there one day a week. And uh, I continued, and at some point the two guys, the two owners, they had a fight. And uh, one had the money, the other had the ideas. And uh, the guy with the money won. And uh, the guys with the idea left. And uh, after some months, uh, the guy with the money couldn't figure out what to do to make this work. So we closed the doors and he closed the doors at the end of the summer, so I went back uh, to school and uh, at the university and I I was fine. And another year passed and uh, I finished my uh, bachelor degree. And at the end of the summer, well, I I knew like I wanted to do a master thesis uh, with Jean-Yves and with Michel. So I started that, and at the same time, I, I wanted a bit of money, so I, I called the the guy with the ideas and I said, Oh, yeah, uh, I'm free, I'm uh, looking for a job, do you have anything to so say? Oh, yeah, yeah, you should come uh, working with me. Uh, you want to come Monday and uh, you're welcome, so... I joined them Monday, and uh, on that Monday, it was in his kitchen. <laughs> 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 I had to go to his house, uh, to to his uh, girlfriend' house, uh, to work, and uh, we were in his kitchen, and uh, there were like uh, three or four other people, and uh, it was a startup, like everything started from uh, from zero.
0: Okay, usually started a garage, not in the kitchen. <laughs> okay
1: so yeah and two weeks two three weeks later we were in uh, in an office uh, in, in montreal uh, and uh, i worked there for from 2007 until uh, 2014
0: wow and it was
1: uh, basically the same uh, same thing uh, so we just you no know, it's like apple like uh, it's like cell phones before apple like yeah they were they were fine and then, then uh, they invent something with like that is very user-friendly so the functionalities were all there at the previous company but um, it wasn't user-friendly it wasn't easy for the customer, so they were not uh, they were not happy with with that software and when the new company uh, like We had others ideas on how things should be implemented and it it was the the way to success now they are still in business there are like maybe 30 or 40 people working there right Uh, yeah
0: so you worked for you worked for seven years
1: yeah yeah seven years
0: okay and uh, what about your masters what did you do
1: uh in my master thesis so what did we do uh i i heard the other talks by the other guys and uh i listened to maria and uh she said something and i think had my master thesis i wanted to work on a similar topic uh, i think it's vrp with the uh, Kind of exchange points, uh, like inter-inter uh, depot routes. something ah, okay, it's mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, they asked me to do a branch and cut, or ah oh, no, they asked me. They gave me a Dominique Fayez code for the uh, VRP with time window. It was a a branch and price. Mm. Give me that. And uh, oh yeah, do that for the uh, <laughs> inter depot route, but. I had no idea what the branch end price is. I had no idea what cuts are. And they give me this code that was like, awful. And uh, I played around for like a week and then I went back to them and said, uh, no, no, uh, let's find another subject. And then we s- searched for like the garbage collecting. Maria said that. And nah, it didn't work for me and uh, they, they, this, it was their idea and at, at the first uh, meeting I said oh no we should do something like with the uh, pickup and deliveries with stacks and like there is these papers they do that, there is this paper they do that and like we can generalize that but like they, they were not listening to me. <laughs> So at first meeting, I said that, but they say, oh, no, let's work with uh, this type of VRB and ah, no, I don't like that. Then second meeting suggests another thing. I try, ah, no, don't, don't like it. Third meeting, I say again, third time, my idea, and they say, oh, yeah, yeah, that might be a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I worked on that, and uh, I got, I got uh, good results, like for... Uh, for a master student, we did the paper uh, with this in uh, networks.
0: Mm, not bad.
1: And uh, yeah,
0: it took me a while.
1: Yeah, computation times, like computing the results. Uh, took me six months, I think. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so your first paper was in networks.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, it was in um, it was in EJOR. Mm. Uh, with Jean-Yves, uh, there was a you know, it's like some course you do a projects, and I uh, I did an algorithms for the vehicle routing problem with... Uh, uh, what's the name? Uh, private carriers?
0: Mm, mm, I know. Mm. Uh,
1: so, I think I found this problem. I said to Jean-Yves, yeah, maybe I can try to do an algorithm. So we did a taboo search and... Uh, uh, we did better than the the paper, the best paper at the time who is was from a colleague from here. <laughs> uh, but I think it was it was better because I had a better implementation. Is okay.
0: this your most cited paper? I think so. You uh, uh, you know the same thing happened to Claudio Contado. <clears throat> I was talking to him the other day, and I think he mentioned that the the his most cited paper is from his undergrad work too in yeah. your case yeah. Uh, yeah i were uh, in this case were you taking a master's course or uh, when you had that project or it was undergrad course
1: uh, undergrad ah okay yeah
0: so, yeah so you have you had your first paper published in eJor as an undergrad student yeah yeah so so how did you feel
1: i didn't yeah well i was happy but i didn't know like uh EJOR is a it's a good journal like i had no idea <laughs> uh, okay like great was happy. I I think I printed like the, the paper and uh, I put it in my house and I uh, oh. was happy, <laughs> but
0: yeah. And uh, uh, when did you for, first started attending conferences? Was still during the undergrad or in, during masters?
1: In Montreal, there is the optimization, optimization days is, every yes. year. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I think I went in 2007, no 2008 for the first time and i nearly went every year uh, since then
0: and how was your english back then
1: oh it was bad
0: so how did you no, manage was... to write the papers
1: ah but jean-yves is a is a typewriter <laughs> <laughs> he, he he wrote both papers uh, the first two papers, my master's thesis, he, he did it, and the uh, undergrad project, he did it and took him uh, four days. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a machine.
0: Machine. Yeah. That's very impressive. You presented in English uh, in optimization days or. Oh,
1: no, no, I didn't present yet.
0: Oh, when was the first then, time you present yeah. a paper?
1: I think it was in 2009
0: optimization days.
1: Yeah. 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 So. yeah.
0: You had to learn English then?
1: I oh, know, but I was... Uh, like, I, c- I think I couldn't speak and listen. Like I was very bad at speaking and listening. But I was okay at writing, because I... You know, like every guy like me... Uh, you're on the internet and you, play, you uh, play video games, so... Like, I learned English this mm-hmm. way, uh, because at school... Uh, as I was not a very good student, I hated English, so... Uh, I learned uh, English uh, playing video games and uh, I I was not so bad, Uh, not so bad. So I went to the conference, I gave my talk, I don't remember if it was good. I think it was my English was terrible. Uh, But then it was 2009. So I finished my thesis. I was still working at that company. And I had a lot of moments where um, like I work full time at the company. Or oh, I work like full time on my thesis, so I was I was never uh, doing uh, both at the same time. Ah,
0: so on and off. Uh,
1: yeah, I right. have some students now that they they work both at the same time. I don't know how they do. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, yeah. I'm on and off, so I'm full time on this or full time on that.
0: Right, and you stayed in Montreal up to two thousand fourteen, working for that company.
1: Uh, I stayed, no, 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 um, 2010, I started PhD.
0: Ah, okay. Uh,
1: and then, uh, here there was this grant that you can apply for. It's, uh, an internship abroad. You need to look for, um uh, how to say that, like a padrino. Ah
0: uh, uh, okay. Uh, somebody to advise you, uh, abroad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. An, an advisor abroad. Yeah. So uh, I went to Michelle because Michelle is uh, travels all the time. he was <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I asked him like uh, yeah I would like I would like to go in uk because uh, I wanted to improve my English, and I didn't want to go in the u s because in the u s uh, uh, my mind uh, food is bad, so uh, I didn't want to go there so wanted to go in UK, I was thinking, uh, yeah, maybe food is better there.
0: (laughs) Uh, I don't think so, but
1: (laughs) I went to Michel and I said, yeah, you have like collaborators there that I I could do my internship there. And he said, why do you want to go there? Like food is bad. (laughs) Fish and chips. (laughs) And and, uh, it's raining all the time like why why you 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 want to go there and i for like 40 minutes like i make a suggestion he said oh no no don't go there like and don't go there and at some point i said oh yeah i could go to italy like you know i listed a lot of (laughs) places (laughs) he said oh yeah yeah and women there like food is good temperature is good and women there are very uh, <laughs> are very, <laughs> very nice and then, uh, was uh, i don't know was maybe 25 uh, 26 at that time and was easy to impress and yeah so, yeah. so uh, i said oh, okay yeah then he told me you want to go in bologna or you prefer brescia and i didn't know uh, any of these cities And he said, like, Polonia, how how it would be? And then he told me, Brescia, how it would be? And he said, oh, yeah, Uh, he he described me uh, Brescia very nice and that uh, people there would take care of me. And okay, let's go, let's go to Brescia. So uh, I went there to work with uh, Maria Grazia Speranza and uh, Claudia Arquetti. I went there in uh, 2010. Oh, sorry, it was in 2009, I met Michel and uh, I got the grant and I left in 2010. Right at the beginning of the <laughs> PhD first semester. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I started working there on uh, an exact method for this uh, uh, pickup and delivery with multiple stack uh, problem. And uh, worked there for like uh, five months. I had a lot of fun. And uh, that's how I learned to speak in English. That's where uh, sometimes people tell me that I have an Italian accent.
0: Yes, (laughs) it (laughs) happens.
1: Um,
0: I have this friend as uh, well. I have this friend. uh, I don't know if you met him, Marcos Melo Silva. Uh, He was uh, he did in France uh, and with a lot of Italians. And even his girlfriend is Italian. So now uh, he speaks English with a perfect Italian accent. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a bit bizarre, you know, because I know him he's from Brazil and then he starts speaking and he's he has this a very Italian way of speaking and but it's I mean he can communicate that's important. So uh you yeah. you you learn English but uh, at that time it's where you, you start really doing the heavy exact stuff or you already did Yeah, yeah, first time. Yeah so exactly. what did it you what there. did you pick like branch and cut branch and price branch and cut yeah mm-hmm. so like learning how to use the callbacks oh
1: yeah i learned that all by myself <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes so they,
1: they gave me some advice there because uh, uh because i don't know my advisors they were not coders uh, maybe when they were young but uh, they they stopped coding early on and there, claudia codes Mm i don't know if you know and uh, so she could give me a lot of good advices on uh, what to do with the callbacks and uh, this stuff so i learned all that how like how to separate the sub tours like somebody needs to tell you yes exactly Uh, yeah so i learned most of it with her and um, yeah
0: Yeah. learning exact algorithms can be tricky and you need a tutor or a mentor if you if you will because uh there is a there is a considerable gap between theory and practice uh in that case if you read a book and you see even the papers and from how to figure out to how to code that how to figure it out it's it's uh difficult
1: yeah there's a there's a culture like kind of knowledge that you won't find yeah or yeah
0: it's it's uh it's tricky that's why uh if you want to do really exact stuff uh, i had that experience as well so i when i kind of uh supervise my students uh we 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 have this sort of tasks uh that we uh provide them so they so they can learn doing branch and bound uh lagrangian relaxation combining both then brush and cut with all, all all with tsp which is a standard problem um and then even column generation with being packing moving to brush and price later on so uh we do that with the undergrad students but they of course they need somebody to to keep an eye and give all the hints so that's that's what you just uh, mentioned now it's very important uh, sometimes uh, I, I i heard cases that one uh, started to try to learn by himself or herself and it, it can be very frustrating right
1: yeah 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 if you're doing this at home alone very tough uh like heuristic and meta heuristic i think it's easy like you you read what's in the paper you implement them maybe you don't get the same results, <laughs> but at least you have something working yeah, you can uh, do something exactly because does, yes. yeah,
0: generating feasible solutions, uh, primal bounds can be less demanding at times. Than, uh of course, you can claim that you can implement a model and get the bounds straight from the solver. But uh, if you're doing the, the real exact algorithms and it can be very tough. And of course, the heuristics, you need uh, advanced data structures or depending on how you Depending on the problem you're solving, you need to really take care of the movie evaluation. All that part it can be very hard as well. Mm. But I see what you mean, right? It can be it's maybe the path is less traumatic or less. Uh, Do
1: you know genius like Ge- yeah. the genie insertion? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Well, I took the paper and I implemented it and I think my implementation was was good uh maybe not the best one but i think it was good i didn't have any code i just took the paper and did what it, it was in instead if you Im- try to implement a typical branch and cut from a paper for the first time uh, it takes some time yeah i think it's even worse branch and price uh,
0: yeah definitely definitely yeah column generation can be a little bit tricky but manageable uh because you have to take into account all those other other things, like uh, convergence problems, stabilization. And once you have the root node, and then you have to branch.
1: Root node is easy, but yeah. branching is tough.
0: Yeah, because you have to find a way to save memory and not, you know, having copies of the um, master problem everywhere. You have to manage the columns. So that is really annoying. I know that. So, yeah. So you're in Italy. Uh, learning Italian, improving your English, learning exact algorithms—very happy. And yeah. what happened next?
1: Oh, I met a girl there. <laughs> uh, you know, um, I don't know. Uh, like here, I think in in Quebec in general. Like if you if you think of Italy, like people are like, oh yeah, oh, wow nice place nice like everything is great and oh yeah women are great and like so you like you arrived there meet a girl was great (laughs) and uh we we had good time together and then uh, i think she passed me uh, uh the kiss sickness uh what's the name of that Manage um, uh, it? No, is it? No, it's not manage It's uh, the it's the kiss sickness. That's the name. Uh, okay. Uh, do you do you know this? Mm. You probably got that. Like people get that when they are very young.
0: I don't think so. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't recall yeah, yeah, it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> hey,
0: because
1: <laughs> you were very young. And, uh, well, I don't know the name in English, but I got th- this, uh, this sickness and like I had high fever, like 39. Uh, I went to Euro in Lisbon, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I came back and I went to the hospital like six times, they didn't know uh, what I had. Until like uh, one day I saw six doctors and, uh, oh yeah, you maybe have that. They took a blood sample, they did the test and I got that. And uh, yeah, my friend got this uh, recently from his kid. Like you get the the Milsa very inflammated yeah anyway i lost like uh, 10 kilos really when i came back yeah yeah when i went i was very very skinny my mom was scared like and uh yeah i stayed there like five five or six months and i continued this relationship with her uh, for like four years i went there several times during my phd uh, maybe 10 times i don't know i stayed there like one month two months three months
0: in breccia uh, mostly
1: in Brescia, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, maria grazia speranza was very kind like she was giving me an office and i uh, could like work uh, on my thesis from there i was going there every day and coming back to her home uh, every every night it was a very good time
0: yeah and You continue with that relationship until you finish your PhD or?
1: Yeah, when I finished my PhD, there was just before finishing, uh, there was this job offer in Quebec City during the summer. And I I saw that and I say, okay, I have to to apply to it and to get it. I want this job. I was not so uh, a big fan of Montreal uh, because because it's the big city uh traffic, a lot of people uh, the nature is far away. So and I didn't know anything about Quebec City, but I was thinking yeah nature is is near and I and I applied uh, to it and uh, I was telling myself uh, I, I have to get it like uh, I want it. So I worked uh, maybe like at least maybe five weeks, on the curriculum, on the presentation letters, on the... So I, I got uh, accepted for an interview. Then I, wor- I had to give a class, so I never gave a class in my life. So I worked uh, like a week at least to, to make a one-hour class. No, maybe more than a week to, to make a one-hour class. And then I also had to do a presentation of a subject, uh, of a research subject. So I had no slide for the last paper of my thesis. So I created also uh, some slide for that. Uh, I worked. I worked very hard, and I I was really really prepared at the interview. Uh, for like for like two weeks, I was repeating myself <laughs>
0: <laughs> in the mirror, like asking yourself questions and repeating all over and over. Oh, but I ask
1: friends and people I knew like can I present you my uh, like this course and you tell me if it's good or not and like I, maybe ten people I, I presented my stuff to ten people and uh, I arrived at the interview and uh, was they, they told me like that I was prepared.
0: So that was just so, before you finished your PhD, you applied for that position. Yeah. So they were they were yeah. aware that you were about to finish, and you. They were aware. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I also had a paper accepted in. Uh, so at that time, I had like uh, my paper in EJOR, two papers in Network. I had one accept. Uh, yeah. I had one accepted in OR, and another one in revision in OR. So my CV was uh, was looking good. Definitely. So absolutely. So mm-hmm. they uh, they took me uh, for the interview and uh, it went well and they they offered me uh, the position.
0: That's that's amazing. Um, can you describe more? Uh, what did you do in your PhD? Uh, the problems and the methods you worked.
1: Uh, yeah. So uh, we talked a bit about my first uh, one. Uh, the branch and cut for the pickup and delivery and multiple stack, and after that, I I was searching a bit like you know you you have ideas you try them, and all the ideas like for my master my PhD they are from me. Uh, my advisor gave me some ideas, but um, no, I wanted to do my stuff, so. I tried many things, was not getting results. Uh, Then I learned about packing problems. And um, while I was working at the company, I saw uh, a paper by Manuel. Ah. Uh, The two-dimensional vehicle routing (laughs) problem. I I saw that. I think it's his most cited paper. Uh, I saw that as a technical report. And uh, I was oh yeah I really liked uh, this stuff, and as I was working at the company, it was problems like that, that the, the company was facing. So I was uh, very interested in like learning about that, implementing that. So I was trying stuff, and then at some point uh, I tried to have uh, an algorithm for the. The packing of this uh, vehicle routing problem, uh, this packing problem is called uh, the two-dimensional orthogonal packing problem with loading constraints. Mm. Uh, because when you uh, you arrive at the customer, you open the rear door of the the truck, and you have to like to pull the stuff out. You don't move things around. You don't want like your boxes to be at the at uh, the front of the the truck and you have to move everything around to get it uh, so I started doing a, a code uh, on that and it was I think in May and I went back to see my my girlfriend at the time was working on that and um, oh yeah so how I I, it's, I, I met Manuel before um, so I met Manuel uh, while I was in Italy the first time. Uh, this problem I was working on. He had uh, he had a specif- like a, a specific uh, version like um, with one stack, and me I was on multiple stacks. So we had already some uh, papers on that, and I, I was implementing some of his cuts. And I sent him a lot of mail asking (laughs) him uh, questions on his card and like why it's working, why it's not working. And at some point, he invited me to give a talk because uh, after uh, maybe three months, uh, three, four months, I had good results. So he invited me there in the Dream I gave a talk and uh, that's that's how I met him. And I think we talked a bit uh, now and then and when i went back the third time i told him i was working on packing problems and i was trying stuff so invite he invited me in uh, the dream media again and he told me of an idea of uh, an algorithm for the the strip packing problem mm-hmm. so i implemented some stuff and uh, it took a while uh, so we worked together on this uh, for th- On this problem, before submission, we worked maybe two years. Wow. Uh, I implemented maybe f- six or seven or more branch-and-bounds. And bounds. Uh, when I say branch-and-bound, it's not a MIP like in, in packing problems. Like you have your bin and then you place an item there. You create a node and then you have the, those points. For each of those points, you will create another node.
0: Yeah, it's a combinatorial uh, branch-and-bound then, right?
1: Exactly, and uh, so I coded maybe no more than more than eight, like maybe ten. <laughs> we <laughs> also implemented so many mips, maybe uh, eight mips. Uh, I tried uh, maybe three or four branch and price, and at some point we got a good uh, a good setup, and. Uh, we got great results. Uh, we could solve many, many new instances. And uh after a lot of effort, yeah, we sent our paper to uh to Operations Research and uh, yeah. it was it was accepted, yeah. Um thanks to it's part thanks to this uh hard work and thanks to uh Manuel great writing
0: yeah yeah he's he's great Uh, i had uh, the opportunity of course to collaborate with him quite a lot and it's it's really fun especially in the very last stages of when you're very close to the submission he gets a little bit anxious Oh yeah
1: because you well i guess i have bugs and (laughs) results are oh yeah they are not good so i Tell him that, oh, we will never publish, we will never finish, and <laughs> he gets a bit crazy on yeah. this.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean uh once you get used to that, you actually you start to laugh a little bit and enjoy, you know, it's it's part of his nature. He's a super cool guy. Um and I noticed that you collaborated a lot, you're uh close to each other. Uh, can you describe? Uh, I mean, the, the your relationship with Mano Yori. I think it's uh, he 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 likes you very much. He, when he was in Brazil several times, when he visited us, he was always on Skype with you. That's why this is like where when we met. I think around 2013 yes. or 14 for the first time. And uh, so, how why why this uh, collaboration works uh, so well? I think it,
1: I I don't know. Uh, it's friendship. Uh, we are lucky in our field like to have a uh, long-term relation with people. Uh, like when you work in a company, in a business, like, yeah, you have your colleagues, but they go, they leave, and you don't see them again, or maybe they become close friends, but they leave and us as a researcher. Well, we stay in university all our life, and we do this all our life, so I will stay... Uh, Probably a professor of my life. Thinking of Claudio now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Manuel will probably stay a professor all his life. So I will continue and uh, this great relationship with him for several years, I hope. And uh, yeah, it's, it's friendship. So uh, he invited me many times. Uh, in the last year, I was spending maybe a month uh, there per year. Mm-hmm. Uh, not every year, but I, sp- I spent a lot of time uh, there mm-hmm. and I really enjoy uh, this place.
0: Right. And you you're working at that company. And when did you decide, like you heard about uh, the position, you mentioned that. Yeah. And you really worked hard to get approved, yeah. get accepted. Yeah. But you never like had any experience as a professor. Why did you uh, decide to change paths, like leaving the, the yeah. industry? Until there, I
1: was I wanted to work in uh, in the private sector. Uh, um, until just before the end of my PhD, maybe I was not thinking that I could become a, a professor. I, I was really impressed when I was younger by you know there were there are a lot of uh, Great people in Montreal, like there is Michel, there is Gilbert, there is Cordo. <laughs> yeah, I know. There is, but there is also um, uh, what is his name, Monsieur Soumi, François Soumi. Mm-hmm. He basically invited Column Generation, and uh, I, w- I was really impressed by by these people and. Uh, they were really nice eh? I got like, they were all nice. I knew them, I, uh, I got a class with Francois Soumy. It's my best class ever. Not everybody says it's uh, their best class ever, but for me, it was, I really, really enjoyed this class. They were really nice and uh, like uh, Bernard Gendron, like they are very like high level researchers. And I don't know, I wasn't seeing my, seeing myself as a professor at the time. You no know, like you are you I don't know i um I had great retention uh, like I wasn't thinking I was very good at some point, I was thinking I was stupid, <laughs> like how could I do better than, than these guys and uh, uh I think like. Uh, at some point I wanted to li- also leave the university and like just find a job a different job not programming like something else and I I couldn't uh, find uh, like I, I was I was a bit lost mm. and I, I did some course on personal uh, work like you work on yourself and really? I, I discover
0: yeah yeah like coaching and stuff like that yeah 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 it was great <laughs> yeah, yeah wow. it was great
1: yeah I did that and I, I discovered that, uh, that I was not stupid well maybe I'm an imposter <laughs>
0: <laughs> I understand that too
1: and uh, so uh, yeah and then I that I, I like uh, operations research and, and these things so I had uh, other opportunities to work in other companies uh, private sector and uh, I work in some other places uh, as well and uh, I think I was going to do that but I don't know at that that summer before finishing my PhDs was uh, it was a click like I oh yeah I want to become a professor I like this life Uh, I was traveling a bit Uh, as a a phd student i went to few conferences uh doing research having no boss (laughs) uh, really (laughs) like made sense at that time so i that it's like that it's it's, yeah
0: yeah i remember that time manuel was um talking that uh, about the possibility of you getting hired in Quebec City and uh, he was uh, really uh, hopeful that you would get and he was telling me I I, I think he's one of the 10 people you presented your uh, class or something or because he was quite aware mm-hmm. of the process oh, no oh yeah I'm not sure because you I I remember clearly that you were applying for that position and uh, he told me that you were uh, really involved and focused, so when you uh, explain this now, it it just, I just, you know, it it rang me a bell that, uh, okay, I think I'm familiar with this story somehow. So, uh, I know that Manu was really uh, looking forward, because I think he wanted uh, you to get established so he can keep on working with you. Otherwise, if you just leave academia Uh, for for good, (laughs) he found a code. So I would I, have
1: never seen him again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So oh, then sure. you got the position and you basically you had to oh, start yeah, teaching. I
1: could, I could not go back to Italy and uh, back and forth for that girl. And I told her, well, if you want to stay with me, <laughs> you will have to come here. <laughs> and uh, she said, oh, yes. But in four years, I was like, four years? we we just lived four years together no i uh, i cannot i cannot wait four years so we broke up
0: wow so you, uh, you were heartbroken then oh yeah that yeah. i heard too <laughs> so uh but then you have a new career have to start teaching how was the process did you adjust well or it took some time for you to get used to the new routine?
1: Oh no, it was tough. Uh, it was very tough. Uh, um, it was very tough. It took me... I was very stressed, very stressful. Um, the first semester was okay. I had only one class. It was operations research, uh, modeling problems and this stuff and it was okay. But um, it's it's the first time you learn that like there's a difference between uh, knowing something and explaining it. And like I had to explain the uh, the theory, like the uh, the primal and the duals, and uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: forgot the name of that. Um, so it was it was very you difficult.
0: Mean, duality theory or or sensitivity uh, no, the
1: analysis? of... Ah,
0: uh, uh, strong duality.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: The bounds, they are the same for the prime and dual I and mean, the solutions are alternate. Yes, yes,
1: <laughs> yes. So you, you have to to look into the proof and to be really sure and know all, know all <laughs> the details because you have to explain it to somebody. Yes. So it was not easy, but it was okay. But then Semester after that, I had to teach uh, project management, and I uh, had no n- zero knowledge of that. So I had to learn from scratch, like preparing a course for something you don't know is terrible, and then going to present it in front of people, it's even worse. <laughs> so it took me maybe three years to be comfortable in project management.
0: Wow. And then when uh, you're settled down, then they give another class, right? And that the process no, starts... No,
1: <laughs> no, here they, they are quite nice. Like no, sometimes you, it happens.
0: I'm not saying that it happened to you, but sometimes I, I heard cases that uh, the guy takes some time for a guy to to adjust and you feel comfortable uh, teaching one particular subject. And then out of the bloom, some guy retires or whatever, and then he has to he or she has to start working uh, start teaching a different subject and it yeah. is super stressful because you you think that oh finally i got to that stability and then suddenly you were again uh, as you were three years or two years ago so and then so it took about three years in that case of project schedule for project management in fact right
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. at least three years it was very stressful like I was uh, at the girlfriend, at the, I think it was the third time I was teaching it. And I was telling her, oh, no, we, I cannot see you Sunday night. I cannot see you Monday because I was preparing <laughs> for my Tuesday night class. And um, <laughs> it was like that. And it was taking a lot of time.
0: And how did you manage then, doing research and teaching during that period?
1: uh you'll see uh, <laughs> there are not many papers <laughs> no it was uh teaching was taking a lot of time
0: yeah i mean for sure you did a very nice work uh in terms of research as one can see uh your publications can you list your main contributions uh, was it like the combinatorial banders for packing problems or something you did with packing and routing?
1: Yeah, I'm thinking uh, like if I had to name a single contribution well, uh, of course, like this thing with combinatorial uh, penders decomposition, we reused it uh, and I reused it many times in other papers Uh, so for sure like it was uh, kind of a discovery for me and it's uh, like you reuse your old stuff. So That's normal. Uh, yeah,
0: I know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so, this is one thing that I, I use a lot. And um, also, uh, I don't know if you know cover inequalities.
0: Um, you mean next up cover inequalities?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I have some types of cover inequalities in one of my papers. And uh, I read. Like it's not that much. Like um, I I found out that if I relax some things in my uh, problem, and then there is these special types of inequalities that uh, I can add, and there are some kind of cover inequalities, and it made me learn the cover inequalities, and then I reuse these things uh, a bit everywhere now.
0: Right. And can you describe a uh, little bit in detail the, combina- the idea of your combinatorial banders uh, applied for the packing problems?
1: Uh, basically, it's, it's, it's a simple idea. It's like you need first to relax some part of your problems. And you want the remaining model to keep uh, a structure. Like you want the solution of this new model to, to have a structure. It's not like costless. like it, it has something. like it gives you some information about your problem. So this relaxation uh, then you solve it and you check the solution. and from this solution you try to build the solution to your original problem. So it might mean that you need to solve another problem. So in in packing, uh, what we did is like, okay, so we relax the, like if we are in 2D, we have X and we have Y. So we relax uh, one of those, one of these dimensions. So let's say we relax the Y. So we don't have to decide the Y coordinates of our item. Solve this thing, and then in the second step, well, you have to find the Y coordinates so you search for that and if it's it's not feasible so you you take the 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 x that you found check for the y if it's not feasible uh, then you add a cut to cut your your solution it's a basic uh, basic scheme uh, so you have this uh, with benders you have this even with uh, like typical branch and cut like the sub tour elimination constraint you relax them check if it's, uh, if it's satisfied, if it finds a violated subtour, you add it. So it's a bit the same. Uh, but uh, what we did more is like, we tried to search for the minimal infeasible uh, solution. So from our set of X coordinate, we remove some items. We know it's not feasible for the Y. We remove some items, Like if we remove one, and if and it's infeasible, then we can add a stronger cut because uh, our right-hand side is lower and our left-hand side has one less variable. Uh, so you you cut more solution and you repeat this few times. You remove you remove some item until you find a feasible y solution. At this point you backtrack you get the latest uh, like the smallest infeasible set and then you you can add your cut and from that infeasible set you can also try to improve it like can you add more items so it's like you have a constraint can you add variables without changing the right hand side so uh, we have uh, in many papers uh, we we i have this uh, schema so try to find the the solution remove items find find the smallest right hand side and then i try to add as many possible on the left hand side Uh, it's it's a bit the idea of this uh, combinatorial vendors but it's like you can see this idea everywhere
0: nice nice well uh you now as an established uh professor uh, you were of course supervising uh, graduate students and, yeah. and can you describe the experience of being on the other oh, side? Oh, I think it's great
1: it's great um, I, I did the uh, renew my uh, here we have a grant that lasts for five years and you have to renew it every five years I renewed my grant and uh, you have to do your CV and I counted how many students I had. I got 39 uh, in the last uh, six years.
0: Wow, that's impressive. Uh, that's I mean, among masters and PhD students? Yeah, yeah. That's quite a lot.
1: Uh, most of them are master students. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I got a lot of students. And uh, I like the... And I learned a lot from Manuel, like how he... He was uh, dealing with his students. Like, how how was the relationship with his students? Uh, In Montreal, with my my professor, I would say my old professors, well, I have to send a mail if I want to see them, and then they schedule an appointment. Then I see them, then we talk about our subject, and then, okay, that's it. Uh, With Manuel, it was more like a friendship with his students, and I... And uh, and I appreciate that, and I try to to have that with my students. And like uh, I want to learn more about them, who they are, what they are interested in, and uh, try to have them learn. Like if if I couldn't do this uh, thing with the inter VRP with the inter depot routes, it's because my advisors they were not like there all the time. To, teaching me how to do like a branch and cut or a branch and price, I had to go somewhere else to learn it. So with my students, I try to be closer to them so they can then learn how to do stuff.
0: That's fantastic. Uh, I use exactly the same policy. Uh, that's very important because sometimes the student, they, they, they have insecurities or they are afraid to ask, some silly questions and when they understand that it's finally okay to do that and there's no problem and there are no boundaries and they can be free to talk about whatever they want um, that helps because you you kind of end up uh, learning how to to deal with each specific student and how to take the best from him or her so uh it's uh, it's a process that uh not many people do it at at the same time you have to give some credit to those that are super busy because uh they might they might have administrative work they might be very important uh, people in terms of uh you know uh they have a chair that they have to manage a lot of oh, people
1: like Michel was uh, the editor of transportation science and he yeah. uh, so, well, had 20 phd students <laughs> <laughs> i don't have this amount
0: Yeah. Uh, Here uh, in in my case, for example, I have mostly undergrad students. So we don't even have a PhD program so far. And uh, what you do with your graduate students, we do with our our undergrad students. And as I mentioned before, when I was talking to other people, uh, we have to make them learn as early as possible. So we can uh, at least have them mature enough to to work with some, um, at least uh, some fairly simple exact algorithms at least sometimes we can push a little bit depending on the the level of the student and of course the heuristics which is uh, uh, less complicated uh, to like the learning curve curve uh, I think it's it's uh, much more effective but w- well uh, I think we share that in common that 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 we really care about the students in the sense of uh, getting closer to them and and having that sort of a friendship at, at, at some point. Yeah, so if, uh, if somebody wants to work with you, what what he or she do?
1: You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> just send what do you mean?
0: Just send you an email. If one wants to apply for you, uh, apply to, to, to like, for example, for a yeah, PhD yeah, position. yeah, send me an email.
1: Give me an email. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: that's it. Simple. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, is how many uh, positions per year you have? Uh it depends on
1: my funding. So, some years um, because now I have four PhDs and uh, some other students uh, doing a masters with me, and here we uh, w- we have to pay them
0: mm-hmm. sure.
1: uh, the PhD, and uh, it's an important amount. So some years, um, well, I have uh, my grants and I I try my best, but I'm I'm on a budget. And uh, this year with COVID, uh, it's the explosions of budgets. So uh, right now, I I have uh, some possibility. Well, yeah, I have some possibilities. I don't advertise that much these days because uh, I'm a bit busy I have four and uh, as I told you like I I work with them so I'm on Skype, I'm on WhatsApp, I'm on Messenger, I'm on uh, the mails, I'm on plenty of platforms to like they send me stuff and I take care of them uh, but two of them will finish uh, probably in December, so I will have some space. And uh, yeah, if some student wants uh, to work with me, uh, you can send me a mail and uh, we'll we look at that.
0: Great. Well, uh, Jean-Francois, thank you so much uh, for your time. Uh, merci you, beaucoup. Uh It was great. I, I knew it. I would have a lot of fun talking to you as, as, as it often happens uh i'm looking forward to meeting you soon again uh, yeah again sure uh last time was we, we had a lot of fun and of course you still owe you owe me a visit here uh yes so,
1: yes i will uh i will try to come you know i'm in a sabbatical uh not here but uh, i have the two winter semester including this one mm-hmm. i'm uh, in sabbatical uh this now now it's, it's a bit sad because yeah. uh, I can't travel, but I'm hoping next year I, I can travel. And yeah. uh, if, if uh, I can go to Brazil to see you, I would be very happy too.
0: You're most welcome. You, you know Bruno Brook is also here. You, you're, he's yeah. also uh, your friend, so uh, you can make use to, to uh, visit the place and go to the beach. And we can have some fun around too. So thank you so very much. Uh thank you very much Francois Jean Francois once again. And uh we will uh let's hope we meet uh someday soon. Yes. Ciao. Bye. Ciao ciao.